1: If you
2: come with that humility right now, no matter if you got a million-dollar house, look at the paper today. All the million-dollar homes in Barracón. Wow, man, I'm making money. I mean triple my home last year. Whoa, I'm so successful. It can be going like that. You get up tomorrow morning, the cancer report comes back. Doesn't matter if it's worth twenty million. Well, I got my four hundred three k, and it's good for you. You should retire. You should plan to all those things. My friends, the key is a relationship with God. So Jesus says. There's plenty of rewards for you. I I want to tell you how to live. I want to show you. I want to show you in your home in a practical way with your kids and with your spouse.
0: Many of the negative or misleading characteristics that we share can usually be traced down to pride as the source. One of the more common characteristics is an attitude of self-sufficiency and independence. Unfortunately, many of us ignore the reality that our independence is false and things can change in a heartbeat today's study, Pastor Mark teaches us the importance of relying on God as our source of independence and strength. No matter how rich or healthy, Pastor Mark reminds us that our livelihood is established in Christ, and that all other things can perish overnight. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We will be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Right giving, praying, fasting.
1: Lord, let us
2: hear your when we're backed into a corner, when the doctor says there's no hope, when we finally realize we have no answer, then we say to God, help! And so Jesus would say to you and he would say to me this morning, look, you're living way below what I want for you. My plans for you are incredible. I have a vision for you that's beyond your understanding. But you never pray. You never communicate with me. You just don't even ask. Now, as you think about that, you're not on an island this morning. What did you ask God for last week? Did you ask him specifically for some things? The last six weeks on Wednesday night, we've been going through prayer. How to pray, pray big prayers. I'd encourage you just get some of the tapes, DVDs, CDs, start listening to them. If you get this series on prayer, you'll never be the same ever in your life. Ever, 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 ever again. God wants to do so much for you, but you don't even ask. And you don't know how to ask. And so we teach you how to do that. We'll obviously address that next week because Jesus teaches us how to do it. But I want to challenge you this morning, not condemn you at all. God loves you. And you can create an incredible life for yourself if you just discover what God wants. And it can only happen through asking and prayer. Barclay says this, A man will have to give an account on a judgment day for every good thing which he might have enjoyed, but did not. Because he never asked God. You see, the wonderful blessings God wants to give me, the answered prayer for a loved one, healing for someone else, a provision for something else, a new job, a way to be gifted and used in the church. All those things are available from God. God is here with this incredible storehouse. He says, would you please ask? And we just don't ask. I can do it my own way. God says, please ask. There's a saying that you're familiar with. Finish it for me. The family that praise Hmm. I want to digress for a moment John Hopkins did a report 30 years ago of the greatest fears of school children 30 years ago let me list you the first five fear of animals fear of being in a dark place fear of high high places fear of strangers fear of loud noises that was the five top fears of kids 30 years ago Today, number one fear of students, children, number one fear today, divorce. Number two fear, nuclear war, war on terrorism. Number three, cancer, pollution, being mugged. I want you to see a statement from Barclay. It's a rabbinical statement. Just the last half you need to see. Notice what it says. He who prays within his house surrounds it with a wall that is stronger than iron. Father, husband, do you pray? Do you pray with your wife? Do you ever pray with your kids? Oh, I don't need to pray, Pastor. I work really hard. That's good. I provide for them. That's good. I have a security system. That's good. I have a gun in the drawer. That's Whatever. See, we're in a gated community. No, 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 no. He who prays within his house surrounds it with a wall that is stronger than iron. What is that wall? It's Jesus Christ. So I want to challenge you, husbands, fathers, first of all, pray with your wife. The family that prays together stays together. See, when you pray, you're, it's, a, it's an act of humility. And if you pray, you don't fight going to bed. Pray before you go to bed. That'll solve it. And you both will get better sleep than on the edge of the bed. It's guaranteed. <laughs> Number two, husband and wife, pray with the kids. They're filled with fears you don't even know about. Prayer can change and build stability into that home. You see, the life that we live in today, well, it's just a world filled with stuff. You see, we think we're secure. Do you really think you're self-sufficient and secure this morning in the United States? We don't live in London. Let me ask you a question. If tomorrow morning you get up and, and the headline news, 7 o'clock news, was a terrorist just bombed three of our subways in New York City, would that headline surprise anybody here? Anybody? Shouldn't. We say, well, that's cool, Pastor Mark, but that's New York. We're here in Brevard County. Yeah, there's no danger in Brevard County because, you know, all we do is put up the spy satellites for the world. (laughs) I'm very serious. Pastor Mark, you put fear in me now. No. We're not sufficient for the days here, but God is. He's a strong tower. And see... On the island, well, there's no question. I'm alone. I can't do anything. I want to tell you this morning if you come with that humility right now, no matter if you got a million dollar house, look at the paper today, all the million dollar homes in Bavarcon. Wow, man, I'm making money. I mean, triple my home last year. Whoa, I'm so successful. It can be going like that. You get up tomorrow morning, the cancer report comes back. Doesn't matter if it's worth 20 million. Well, I got my 403K, and and that's good for you. You should retire. You should plan to do all those things. My friends, the key is a relationship with God. So Jesus says, there's plenty of rewards for you. I I want to tell you how to live. I want to show you. I want to show you in your home in a practical way with your kids and with your spouse. Then we come to the third spiritual discipline that's necessary. It's one that I would say probably 85% of you have never even done in your life. And yet it's one of the three keys that Jesus gives. So we'll go through it very quickly. Verse 17, look at it. But when you fast, not if, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What does fasting mean? We know it from the Muslim world, we know it from the Jewish world, we know it from all... What does fasting mean? It's very complicated. Here's what it means. To abstain from food. Now notice Jesus doesn't say this, when you fast for 40 days, when you fast 12 times a year, he just says when you fast, there's no definite set time, there's no length, there's no how many, whatever. See, you can fast, and I'll show you later some tapes and we'll get to that in a moment. You can fast for a meal, a day, three days, if you're diabetic, whatever, you have to be careful, you can fast water, you can fast food, you can fast special kinds of food, you can fast sexuality, even First Corinthians 7 says, so the Pharisees, the reason Jesus says this, he says, wash your face and don't appear like it, because the Pharisees fasted twice a week. They'd fast on Mondays and Thursdays. Now, you know why they fasted on Mondays and Thursdays? Because the Talmud says that the great shopping days at the mall or whatever were Monday and Thursday. So the Pharisee, in the morning, they'd be at home, and they'd put this white powder on, and they'd put ashes all over them, and they'd walk through the mall. And the people look at them and go, wow. Really holy people, I'd like to be like. I'd really like to be spiritual like that. Jesus, no, wash your face, put some oil on, look alive, not like a dead person. You're drawing attention to yourself. You're not fasting for the right reason. Now, I'm sure you go to the mall day. You would not see somebody with a white face or whatever. So, what about us today? Well, here's how it could work today. You want to fast. And why do we fast? When you get these tapes, you'll see the reasons. And I encourage you to get the tapes. There are two tapes. When you, you fast for a lot of things. One, when, when you want to make a decision and, and you haven't been able to hear God, so you take your time to fast. And while you're not eating that meal, maybe three lunches in a week or whatever, you're not eating. You go out, walk around the, the parking lot at, at work or whatever, and you just pray. and Say, God, this stomach of mine is driving me crazy. And now I see how dependent I am on food and actually for you. And I give this time for you to speak and clear my mind and speak to me. So many times we do that to humble ourselves. So let's say you're going to do that, and, and you're fasting all week. I mean, you're fasting for lunches. And you did good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And on Friday, the whole, whole gang goes out at work. And you always go with them on Friday. So you go out to work, and you sit down, and everybody's ordering fries and burgers and, and all kinds, nachos and whatever. And the waitress comes to you and says, what will you have, sir? I just have water. <laughs> you just have water? Yes, I'm fasting. I'm the only one that's spiritual at this table. Just just, just don't tell them. How are you? And they're eating their things and you're there, oh, thank you God. It's just a so wonderful. <laughs> no, that's weird. So what you would do is just have your water and be in the conversation. How's things going? Great. What are you doing? No, I'm just not eating today. That's it. You see, It's about motive again. So the Pharisees, Jesus says, what are you doing? Don't fast like this, but do fast. Now the Bible talks about fasting all over the Old Testament, all over the New Testament. It's everywhere. But today, in large, Christians do give. They do pray a little. But hardly anybody has learned the spiritual discipline of fasting. So at best, we have two out of three. What is the number one problem in our lives today? The number one our problem in, in your life today and my life today is self. The number one problem in my life is me. Is that the same problem for you? Not me, but, but, but you. <laughs> my wife can say that. You can't. So your number one problem is self. I want to take care of myself. I want to feed myself. I want to pamper myself. I want to take care of me only. I don't really care about you. That's my, that's my selfish nature. I want to be, take care of myself, not you. Well, what is fasting all about? Fasting destroys the number one problem in my life. Look at it. Fasting produces number one self-denial. I can't eat because I'm fasting for God. Three days or one day or two meals or whatever. Now, by the way, this self-denial has to be honest. Many of you are raised that during Lent you fasted. And you, again, I heard it because I'd hear people talk about it. You fast something you don't like anyway. Oh praise God! I'm fasting for 40. See, I don't like liver. Can't stand liver. So at Lent, I say to God, "Now, God, I'm really serious. I'm going to fast 40 days without liver." <laughs> what is that? Everybody else goes, "Wow!" God goes, "Nah, you're chop liver." <laughs> so self-denial has to be the right kind of thing. Second, self-discipline. You see. When you're fasting and that stomach is roaring, you realize, listen, listen to uh, Richard Foster, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. Oh, I don't have a problem with food. Fast a meal. I have no problem with caffeine. Stop your coffee and tea for three days. My head is killing me. Or oh, you stop the ca- the coffee and you go, praise God, I did it. And you get this, you stop at seven, and you get this Mountain Dew that's that big. <laughs> no, it's got more caffeine than the coffee. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so see, it, it's self-discipline. And number three, it's humility. And you're going to learn next week. God says, here's all you have to pray for. God, give me my food today. It's all you have to pray for, just today. I'll give you your food today. i will take care of you tomorrow. So when I do all of those things, I'm very, very humbled. I'm dependent on God. I know that he's the only one that has the answers that I need. That's why I'm fasting. And so I know it and I assume. So Jesus assumes believers will fast. There's no specific time, place, or type. There's all kinds. Here's, here's two tapes you can get. Uh, And I'd encourage you to get them. You can get them during the week, like I said, at the bookstore afterward, whatever, or here in the meeting ministry. Biblical fasting, part one and part two. You say, well, I'm not into that. I'm never going to fast. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just missed one of the three keys of spiritual growth. You don't have to do it often, but you need to understand what it's about and how it works because it's a biblical discipline. So get yourself that. Be teachable this morning and do it. Now... Let me share with you four things, and we're done, on the rewards of giving, fasting, and praying. Just write these four down, and we're done. Number one, if I fast and give and pray with the right motives, what are these kind of rewards? How does it work? Here it is. Number one, remember to focus on God as our audience. Why are you praying? Why are you giving? Why are you fasting? So people can see you, so you can be holy. No, i this island. Here I am on this island, I put my glasses on, and I'm praying, and I'm definitely fasting. I mean, who is my audience on this island? It's only God. It's the only one that matters. Might be a monkey too, a few other animals, whatever, but it's only God. Who's your audience? You and God. That's all it's about. Number two, remember to give, fast, and pray from our hearts. God wants to bless you. It has to come from your heart with the right motive. Number three, remember that God wants to bless us. See, God isn't putting you in here and saying, man, I'm going to make it as hard on you as I can. No, He's got a plan for you that's absolutely inc- way beyond what you could ever imagine. If you'll just talk to Him Converse to him, just like I talk to you every week. That, you notice when you come to this church, I don't try to use high theological terms and all stuff. Number one, I couldn't. <laughs> number two, you would hate it because that's not how we talk to people. And number four, remember that being obedient and dependent on God brings great rewards from God. You remember the verse? Call unto me, call unto me. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't even know. Giving, praying, fasting, tremendous rewards. Start practicing it. Do it tomorrow. Get your DVD, listen to it again and say, God, by the way, in the bookstores, those tremendous prayer cards that give you... Praying for your wife, praying for your kids, praying for your church, praying for your pastor. Just general prayers in Colossians 1. Get them. They're 20 cents. Pick up the Mission Magazine and start praying. Pray for me this week. Man, I need it. I'll take every one of you praying for me. By the way, we pray for you. The elders pray for you. We'll meet again tomorrow night. We meet twice a month. We pray for you. That God would bless you and your families and grow you and mature you. You're doing great. But so many of you are so You're missing out so much just because you didn't understand what prayer is. You did this morning. Now let me remind you one more thing. You see, on this island, we're reminded of something. As you take a look at this island on the screen again, it reminds you of one thing. You're all alone on this island. You see, you were not created to do life all alone. You know the saying, no man is an island. You were created to know God. But you're pretty self-sufficient because that's our number one sin, pride. I can do life without God. That's what Adam and Eve said. I don't want to care about you, God. I can do life without you. Because of that, I have that sin nature, the same nature you have. I want to do life without you, God. I want to do my thing. God says, your thing, you'll never do it. So I want to ask you this morning, are you doing life alone? Are you on this island of life, and you have people all around you, but you're doing it alone without God? He doesn't live inside you? You're destined for disaster. You're empty, you're lonely, you're guilty, you're afraid of death. You don't have answers to life because you weren't created to do life alone. You see, on this island, if I was an unbeliever, God could still speak to me. The book of Romans says that God... Well, the heavens declare the glory of God. On that island, I could see that, man, I'm big. God's way bigger than me. He created these trees, and He created the animals that are there. I look in the water, and I see those colorful fish in every variety in the world, and I go, yeah, that happened by the Big Bang. You see, when I get away from intelligent people who are actually fools, because the Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. When I get away from all that, and I have time to think as you are right now this morning, I realize that there is a God. The second thing I know, Ecclesiastes says that God has put eternity in my heart. You know, if, if I never got off this little island that you see, if I died on the island, when well, I'm sitting on the island, I know now there's something after death. I know there is. You know there is. You say, oh, Pastor Mike, when I died, I would just go on the ground. Oh, no, no, no. You could say it. But the Bible assures me, and the Bible is always true, the Bible says that you know that's a lie. You will spend eternity in one of two places. Why would you want to do life alone on an island? Why would you want to sit? You say, well, I'm just going to cover up, put these, put these glasses on here, man, and I'm just going to do my thing, and I'm a, I'm a cool dude. You're a cool dude, but you're going to a place that's pretty hot. <laughs> Why? Well, that's the kind of God that I have up there. No, no. God's will is at zero perish. And He's got your attention this morning. You're on the island of life, and it's time to turn your life over to God. It's time for you to say, I want God to forgive me of my sins, to change me. I want God to come into my life. I'm tired of doing life alone. And I'm going to do something different in this service, because God just told me to do it, way different than any other service. You're here, and God's spoken to you. And some of you are not yet a Christian because you've never asked Him to come into your life. The Bible says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. My friends, one day you will stand before God, and you will be all alone. There'll be two options. One savior, one your judge. You don't want to measure your judge. You could never do life right on your best day. So this morning you were created to know him. And the reason some of you don't know him yet, you're not born again, is because you've never asked him to come into your heart. Listen very closely. Here's what Jesus says. Unless you will acknowledge me before men, I won't acknowledge you before God.
0: Our successes in life can be an easy cause for us to forget about the importance of remaining humble in spirit. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of being mindful of just how quickly things can turn upside down rather than relying on our health and wealth as a source of peace and stability. Pastor Mark reminded us to look to God as our unshakable and reliable foundation. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will focus on some of the key components to a healthy prayer life. In our message entitled How to Pray, Pastor Mark will teach us that prayer isn't simply a request, but rather an act of adoration, worship, and relationship. We'll learn from Pastor Mark that there's no better way to build our relationship with God than to spend time in prayer. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.
1: I'm